0: Hello and welcome to NC State's Audio Abstract. I'm your host, Tracy Peek. A recent study by Assistant Professor of Psychology, Vanessa Volpe, found that systemic racism doesn't just impact access to employment or education, it also affects health care quality and availability for Black populations. Vanessa is joining us today to talk about the study and its implications. Welcome, Vanessa.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks for being here. Let's start by talking about what we mean um, when we say healthcare inequity. You know, is it that medical care is just not there? Um, is it harder to travel to? Is it out of reach financially? What's going on here?
1: Inequity in healthcare can mean a lot of different things. Our investigation specifically focused on black and white individuals, which is important to note because, of course, healthcare inequity can apply to many different. Uh, groups and differences between groups. And we looked at the United States context, and this was um, from the Association of American Medical Colleges, Consumer Survey of Healthcare Access. So um, they asked individuals to self-report about their healthcare experiences and access. So with all that context, um, healthcare inequity and healthcare access and quality can mean a bunch of different things. And so we looked at the self-reported experiences of folks who said they needed healthcare within the past year. And we looked at three different aspects of access. So able to access care is one aspect, but delaying care and choice in care are also important aspects of healthcare inequity. So If um, you needed care, but you were delayed in getting the care that you needed or that your doctors believed is necessary, that's another important aspect of access that we looked at. And then how much choice do you feel like you have in care? Do you have enough options for where to get care? Um, and, and do you feel like you have those choices in that agency to make those decisions related to access. And these access factors can be for a variety of reasons, like you mentioned so it could be travel considerations financial considerations insurance considerations um, we didn't actually look at the reasons for differences in access in this paper. But we did control and account for things like health insurance, um, uh, urbanicity, so if people lived in a rural, suburban, rural place. place. So we did account for those things. So we have those three different aspects of care, ability to access care, delaying care, and choice in care. And then we also looked at um, what we call quality of health care. And for us, that was... um, People's reports about specifically the quality of communication and their provider patient relationship. And we looked at if people reported that their providers explained things in a way that was easy to understand. If they, uh, if they reported their providers answered all their questions adequately, and if they reported that their providers spent enough time with them, because these are three really important dimensions of quality healthcare that make sure that uh, folks have all their questions answered, they understand things, that they're getting care that fits their needs, and that their um, providers are receptive to that. So those are the aspects of um, healthcare that we looked at. And in our study, of course, we found what previous research was, has already highlighted, which is that more white participants were able to get care than black participants, they reported that. And in our sample, there were not differences in delay in care or choice in care by race, um, but white individuals did report receive receiving better quality care than black individuals on all of those indicators. So that was just descriptively, that's not tied to state level factors. But um, we do see those uh, racial differences.
0: In the study, you did find a link um, between states that you said had more racism, I guess structural racism or um, inequality and healthcare inequities. So how did you score states on structural racism? Like, how did that work?
1: Yeah, so um, our measure of state level racism um, was a measure of state Level of racial and equity between black and white people in a given state. So what we did was we used publicly available data from the U.S. Census, and some also came from the Department of Labor and Statistics and the Department of Justice. So these were statistics by state, um, and we looked at eight different indicators. So the number of people who earned a bachelor's degree or higher. The number of people who are registered to vote, the number of people who actually voted, the number of people who are in the civilian labor force, the number of people who are employed in executive or managerial positions in professional specialty positions and the number of people who are incarcerated. So um, these are indicators, of course, that are socioeconomic and judicial and civic engagement indicators. So what we did is we calculated ratios of black to white individuals after accounting for the numbers of black and white individuals in that state. So a lower score on a given indicator meant that black individuals were underrepresented in positive indicators like voting, employment, educational attainment, and a higher score meant that they were overrepresented in incarceration. Um, and so what we did is we used cutoff values to then classify states as low or high on each of the indicators. And then we add up all the indicators to get a continuous score. So if you have a higher state level racism score, then that means that black people don't have uh, as equally positive political, educational, socioeconomic um, and judicial outcomes as white people in that state. And um, this is a form of structural racism in the sense because these uh, race specific inequities in these socioeconomic, political um, and judicial and civic engagement indicators indicate um, differences in potential policies, procedures and practices and opportunity structures at this larger state level that disproportionately disadvantage uh, black folks and advantage white folks.
0: You know, quality of healthcare seemed to be the big sticking point here. Like overall in the study, that was where sort of the most, I guess, stark difference was noticed. According to sort of race and inequities?
1: So, um, interestingly, you know, for both Black and white participants, residing in a state with more racism was affected uh, in terms of access, uh, but in different ways. So, for Black people, they had lower odds of being able to get care. For white people, they had higher odds of being able to get care. And this was specifically when they resided in a state that was higher in state level racism. So access, specifically the ability to get care component, not as much delaying care or choice in care was um, important for both black and white folks, but in different ways. And then healthcare quality we only found was affected by state level racism um, for white folks. So healthcare quality surprisingly was not associated Um, with residing in a state with more state level, more or less state level racism for uh, the black subsample. And for white people actually, uh, if they resided in a state with more state level racism, they had higher odds of having sufficient time with their provider. So the time component was especially important there. So, um, you know, there are these differences uh, that we're seeing. And of course we also looked at black folks uh, reports of individual uh, discrimination from providers, their providers themselves. And that, of course, was associated, as many others have found, for Black folks. If they reported more experiences of discrimination from their provider, then, of course, that was associated with them also saying, yes, you know, my provider's not explaining things to me. they're not answering my questions they're not spending enough time with me so we did see that um, as well but the state level kind of more structural racism was not associated in the sample and i'm happy to talk a little bit more about um, why we think that was the case as well
0: yeah if you could you know sort of elaborate on that that'd be great
1: yeah so it is important to note that this sample right so we combined the census level data with this national sample of folks who self-reported their healthcare access and quality. And even though we did find that there were differences between the black folks and the white folks in this national sample in terms of how much access they had in general and how much they were, uh, how the quality of their care was, we didn't see a lot of variability overall in terms of access or quality as we might see, for those that we are not as able to reach. So for example, the sample overall had pretty high endorsement of being able to access care and being able to have quality care in the first place. And so even though we did see these differences by race um, or racial group, it might just be that we're not also able to fully reach or capture uh, in the national sample those who uh, don't have as much access to completing the survey for a variety of reasons. They might be you know, in more rural areas, they might not have had um, stable internet access to complete the survey, for example. Um, and, and those things are just some examples that might be the reason they're not in the sample, but they're associated with already these structural racism indicators. So, so that might be a reason that we didn't um, see that um, as much in our sample.
0: Given all of this information, is there anything that policymakers or anyone can do to address the problem? Because it almost seems like from the survey, you're finding that it's um, almost like on an individual level, the issue here, you know, with with providers and, and patient relationships. So is there any policy remedy for this?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's, as you said, there's, there's the individual level component for... Um, black folks where if they they are reporting experiencing discrimination from their providers and that is associated with the quality care they're receiving and um, at that level you know provider racial discrimination remains an important determinant of healthcare quality so state level policies could address provider bias just to a certain extent, you know, through something like cultural humility or cultural competency requirements that might help assist um, at the state level providers in developing training to mitigate effects of Uh, you know, intentional or unintentional aspects of bias that are creeping into their practice. So that, you know, even even though that's an individual provider type uh, thing, at the state level, we can certainly support that with policies, practices, or programs. And then the other piece of this is, of course, at the structural state level, racism does appear to benefit white individuals access to and quality of health care while decreasing black individuals access to health care and so this results uh, this, these results suggest that racial disparities in health care may be driven by both white advantage and black disadvantage a lot of a lot of time we just focus on the black disadvantage which is important but also there is an advantage to some folks and so examining revising or abolishing policies that Engender these inequities using a health equity lens is going to be really important. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, to educational, employment, political, judicial policies that we have in our states, do they disparately impact racial groups, intentionally or unintentionally? So that just doesn't include disadvantaging Black people, but also do they confer benefits for one group? So of course we don't want to do harm but also if we're conferring benefits for one group, that policy may not be as effective as we think it is to actually mitigate inequity. And we did find that incarceration rates uh, for black individuals and employment and education rates for white individuals are uh, especially important in our um, supplemental analyses. And so these might be in particularly important levers for change. So, you know, we suggest looking into things like um, income redistribution, avoiding employment-related health care policies, such as like medical leave, provision of insurance to employment that disproportionately improve the health of advantaged racial groups, and specifically thinking about how we can divest a little more from the prison industrial complex, which is also a major driver of some of these access and quality um, disparities that we're seeing.
0: Okay. Well, thanks for that. I always... um like to ask researchers, you know, was there anything surprising that you came across while you were conducting this work?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think it's, it it was uh, a little surprising that, um, we did find that, uh, white advantage in some of these domains was, was, uh, linked to, um, was linked to white folks having better access and quality care. And I, I think that it makes sense given the previous work, but it's just not talked about as much. And I think that it's an important component because, um, you know, if if certain policies or practices impact certain groups and they might be beneficial, it's harder to change them. And sometimes we, we don't focus on that enough. So I think that it, it was surprising that it had as big of an impact um, in this national sample and across these states. It provides such a great opportunity to really unpack what, in further research, what are the processes that are really, you know, connecting these structural state level um, inequities with these different individually reported benefits for white individuals. So right now we've kind of set the stage and we know they're linked, but thinking about the exact mechanisms and processes, how does that stuff that happens at the state level really translate to that advantage, I think is gonna be an exciting and important area for future research to really, really understand these inequities and disrupt them.
0: We've been speaking today with Vanessa Volpe, an assistant professor of psychology here at NC State. This has been Audio Abstract. I'm your host, Tracy Peek. Thank you so much for listening.